the Nashville 2 Podcast with your host, Edward Fox. G'day viewers and listeners, it's another great episode of Nashville 2. Uh, you're Nashville 2, let's tell your story. Nashville 2 is all about reaching out to people in the Nashville market and telling their story from the little guy to the big guy, doesn't matter. If you've got somebody that should be a guest on Nashville 2, have them reach out to me. And today's podcast is sponsored by Trade Bank of Nashville. Trade Bank is a business-to-business barter exchange that helps businesses trade what they have to get what they want or need without spending cash. Uh, it's barter for the modern era. And our guest today, Joe DeFada with uh, Bank of England Mortgage. Uh, g'day, Joe. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Ed. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm doing good. It's cooling down a little bit in Nashville now. I wasn't sure whether I need the coat when I walked outside today, but I uh, I went. Do you have a favorite coffee shop, Joe? Uh, you not so, a coffee guy? No, I love coffee. Um, I would have to say, I think the Well Coffee House is one of my favorite places. No, let me take that back. I like Just Love Coffee, and I'll tell you why. I like Just Love Coffee because Keith Bullock is one of the owners, or he may be the owner, and he's a former Titans player. And he's in there, and he works. He takes your order. He washes dishes. He's a multimillionaire guy, but he is in there running his business, and, and you wouldn't know who he was if you didn't know who he was. And where is that the McEwen location? That's the McEwen location. So there's also one on Demumbrian. I don't know if he owns all of them. I don't know okay. the details, but I know I've seen him in McEwen, and he's a super nice guy. He's very, like, you know, he, he's a regular guy. I just happen to have grown up in Nashville and have watched him play for the titans so folks if you're listening to this and you know him he needs to come on the show and talk about just love coffee because that is my go-to place although i do like the well is that the one out in uh, bellevue there's one in bellevue there's also one in brentwood okay so i like the well uh but my go-to is the just love coffee on McEwen. Mm -hmm. you can find me there if i've got a meeting that's where i try and set up that meeting for because i love that 20 ounce ceramic mug and I do an almond milk latte, and they're the only ones that get the almond milk latte right every single time. There so, you go. Because it's hard to get it creamy and frothy. It's almond milk. It's not real milk. So uh, it's hard to get it creamy and frothy, and the guys behind the counter there do a great job. Plus, they always laugh at my dad jokes. <laughs> so, you know, I'll take it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's how I got my start to the morning was at Just Love Coffee. And so I just wondered if you have a favorite place. It's a wonder we've never run into each other there. So I'll, uh, I, we, we'll get to it later, but another great place is Puckett's in uh, downtown Franklin. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, let's get into that. So Joe, um, Bank of England Mortgage. Now I grew up in Australia and Bank of England to me is a bank. So I was thinking... <laughs> You know, I was thinking when I got here that, oh, I didn't realize Bank of England uh, had a mortgage division and they were operating in the U.S. But tell us the story behind that. OK, so the Bank of England mortgage is um, we actually have a physical bank location in it's outside of Little Rock, Arkansas, in England, Arkansas. And that is your regular retail bank. It's the building is still there. It's on the address is still one, two, three Main Street. Um and you can walk into that physical bank location. It and was started. So that actually is the Bank of England. Exactly. Yes. England, so, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And what's funny about that is we're actually owned by Brad Canada. So we're the Bank of England from Arkansas owned by Canada. 
There you go. So, now all we need is a couple of Aussies to uh, bank there and we'll have a United Nation. Exactly. So, but the bank was started in like 1898, I think. It might have been 1896. Um, and, and it was started as a um, a bank for agriculture, for farming. Um, and from there it's grown. And now it's a, uh, the Bank of England mortgage is a, is a large, basically subsidiary of that bank. And we're all across the country. I think we're in... 40 something states there's probably a couple thousand loan officers i'm not i don't know the exact numbers but we can lend in all 50 states we're um we're all across the country you you can find us pretty much anywhere you'll you could find a bank of england um shop so it's that uh, nobody a lot of people don't know about us but we're we're bigger than um you might think and how long have you been a, a what's your term uh what's your title is it mortgage uh, broker yeah, uh, loan officer, so residential loan. Officer. loan. Yeah, um, and I started in April of 2021, so I'm coming up on 18 months of of being here. And what what's the thing you like the best about this industry? So that's a that's a hard question. I like a lot about it, but one of the things that's great is um, so my background is in home building. I grew up building houses. Um, and my family owns a home building business in Williamson County. And I was building million dollar homes. And while that was great, I mean, I was in these awesome homes every day. Um, but it's when you're at that price range, there's a um, the, the, the customer that you tend to get is uh, for my personality just wasn't the customer that I loved to work with. So when I've come over to this side of it and I'm fi financing um, the the houses instead of building them, getting the opportunity to work with first time home buyers or um, specifically first time home buyers. But I work with a lot of people who think when we first have a conversation, I can never buy a house. And you and you say, well, what makes you say that? And then you got you kind of get into the weeds and you find out they can definitely buy a house and and we can even set them up to where maybe they don't even have to have a down payment to buy that house. So they think I've got poor credit or my credit's not 800 and I don't have $50,000 in the bank. That's not what you have to do. And those people, when you work with them and you get to the closing table, they're the most appreciative people you have ever met because you have just changed your life. And I don't, not that I did anything special. I just did my job, but people don't know. And so getting to educate people on that and getting to help them is it's the most rewarding feeling you can that I have had, you know, so it's it's just different being on this side. And I, I have a lot of fun with it. I've gotten to help a lot of my friends um, and I and then I get to do stuff like this. I get to go out and meet new people. This is how we met Ed, just yep. being out in the community, giving back. So it's there's so much to it. It's not just doing the mortgage loans. It's just being a part of the community, really. Yeah. And so that's, that's a good point that you raise. So many people I run into that think that they can't afford to buy a house, but once you look at their, once you look at what they do have together, um, a, a lot of solutions can be found for them. And I think that's interesting that we get conditioned to believing the media too much. Exactly. The whole, the 20% down, everyone's always heard that. Um, I, I actually helped a lady um, a young lady a couple months ago, uh, she had been renting. She had a couple of roommates. They were in an apartment and she was paying $1,800 in rent wow. and she has a good job. She's a pharmacist 
and um, but she didn't make a lot of money. She she but she had a good job and she but she didn't have any bills. She had a car payment that she paid off, and that was it. I think she had a small balance credit card and and she had cup you know fifteen Two grand loans, in the- maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and so she she's like, well, Joe, I I would love to buy a house, but I just don't think I can. And I said, well, okay, let's look at this. You have great credit. You have no debt you you satisfy everything now we just have to find where we can get that down payment money and i found a program for her and it's not any hidden secret it's something that we do all the time and she closed on the house for fifteen hundred dollars so she bought a house for fifteen hundred dollars and then her mortgage payment was less than what her rent was and she's living alone she doesn't have to have roommates anymore um and i think she was 30 ish so she was kind of at that point in her life where she was ready to not have roommates anymore have her own piece of land, piece of property, home to go home to every day. And it, it was like a no brainer. She was going to spend that money on rent anyway. So, yeah. So that's the kind of person that makes this, you know, they're the ones who say, I could never do this or I don't have, you know, and you just say, let's just look at it. And that we found her a solution. Right. Exactly. And, and then I'm a big fan. I'm a Kiyosaki fan. If you've ever read rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki, Uh um, you ever read that book? I, I've heard of it. I've never, I'm not much of a reader. Okay. You got to find it on last, audio or something. It's the definitely... last time I read a book was like sophomore year of high school. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm sure it's available on audible. You could probably listen to it, but it's a book that will change your life once you hear it or read it or look at it. And uh, I'd be, I'd be buying the house and then I'd be renting out the two extra rooms, two roommates to pay off the house. So that's, that's kind of what I would do, but you're right. You get to that point where uh, my Alice and I, you know, our kids are grown and they're gone. And, and dad, my dad always told me, he said, look, as soon as you get your kids out of the house, you need to move to a smaller house. Otherwise they'll come back and they'll multiply. <laughs> right. So, so, so you made a good point. So if I was single in Nashville or anywhere right now, um, I would be trying to buy a house uh, with three or four bedrooms and buy the house and then, rent those rooms out to my best friends if you're going to have roommates anyway why not one of you guys buy the house or even two of you guys buy the house and it's a four bedroom and then your roommates are paying your rent so you're now gaining equity you're saving money on your monthly rent or mortgage payment it's just if you can qualify for the house it seems like a no-brainer and it's setting you up for so much success you're i think the average first-time home buyer age is 33 if you're 20 Five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, and you can buy that house, and you're still going to have roommates. You're single. I just, I think that is. I, I would. I'm very happily married. I love my wife. We've been married for almost three years now. But if I was single, I, that's a hundred percent what I would be doing. Well, so Alice and I, when we were married, we always had somebody else living at the house. So it was they were always contributing and helping us pay off the house. And quite honestly, once you have kids, having extra adults around, especially if if you feel comfortable with them taking your kids and stuff, uh, it's really handy because like you just want to run out to the store for a carton of milk. You don't want to load up all the kids and get all the crap. And you like sometimes uh, we uh, my friend Mike was living with us for a couple of years and he would say, look, I'll run, get the milk. Or yeah. he'd say, hey, uh, I want to go cruising the mall for chicks, you know, he didn't. <laughs> but can I take one of the boys because they're so cute that all the girls will stop and want to talk to them. So I'm like, yeah. yes, here you go. Please go away. Like, go Free take babies. them to the mall. 
So having those extra bodies around that you trust um, are, are kind of handy, even when you're married and you got kids or pets to take care of. Having those extra set of hands, even if it's just helping with uh, helping with making a meal occasionally. So we always. But then I grew up in a big family, right? So I I was one of five. My mum and dad were one of six and seven. Alice was one of seven. And so there's always been a ton of people everywhere that we've gone. And so for that, for us, that's normal. Uh, but I've got a lot of friends that also like only children and they don't yeah. have big extended families. And they're like, oh, that would just freak me out. Like, I want to be just by myself. And so it, it's just different, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. No, I, I, I was one of four. We always had people around. There was always friends over. There was always you know, different things going on. So I, I a hundred percent agree. I li- I'd like having everyone around. Um, if I had a, a little bit bigger house, I probably would have someone just move into a room or whatever. And, right. help, you know, I guess that helps them. It helps me. They get cheap rent. I can help pay my mortgage. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. But I, I had roommates in college who one of them was an only child. And I could always tell, like, we're hanging out. And he was always a lot of times retreated into his own room because I think he would get overstimulated a little right. bit with all people. He's like, I need to get away. I'm not used to having all these people around here. And then he'd come out and he'd hang out for a little bit. Then he'd, you know, go back into his room. So it's funny you, how how different people are. Are you a gamer at all? Do you play any types of games, board games, yeah. computer games, anything? So growing up and in college, uh, I, I was like any other boy. I played a lot of Xbox, a lot of PlayStation. Um, today, I don't think I've turned my PlayStation on since I got married. But one of my wife and I's favorite things to do is with other friends and other couples that we like to hang out with is play cards, play board games. Um, tr- I mean, we'll try any game. Sometimes we're like, this game's great. Sometimes we're like, that game was terrible. Let's not play it again. Right. But there's, you know, we we definitely have a few different, probably three or four different couples that we like to play cards with. And we'll have everyone over, open a bottle of wine or whatever, order a pizza and just play cards for hours. Right. What's, so what's your card game of choice? Okay, so we play the most. We play presidents. Have you ever heard of that? No, I never have. Okay, so it's uh, really simple, um, but it's you can play with as many people as you want. But basically, you're just trying to get rid of your cards as fast as possible. Okay. And what happens is that if you're if you go out first, then you so you go president, um, vice president, and then depending on how many people you may have, like middleman, middleman, and then you have like first loser, second loser. So when what happen when you deal the next hand you get your hands and the president goes to the person who was last place and they they get to choose two of their cards so they can take their best two cards and then you give them your two worst cards and then the vice president does it but just one card so when you win you become president it's easier to stay on top because right. you're getting to choose the best cards well, so it's, it's a lot of fun and you, you don't have to like take it really serious so it's really social you can talk and get to know each other and while you're playing Right. So I, I, I grew up playing all sorts of games. We played tons of board games, tons of card games, everything from Canasta to uh, Hearts. And, and then in the Nazarene Church, you couldn't play face cards. So you played Rook. Um, it was a game called Rook. And you played a lot of Uno and, you know, yeah. Uno Fish, all that sort of stuff. And so it's funny, we talking of only children, that, that was my whole point to get back to this, is we were at a Thanksgiving dinner and one of the couples, the one of the spouses was an only child. And so we were going to sit down and play a game Monopoly. And she goes, oh, I want to play. And I said, no, you don't. She goes, yeah, 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 I do. I said, no, the first hour of this game is going to be discussing which rules we're going to play by. Yeah. She goes, an hour? I said, yeah, because we'll all have opinions and because we come from different families. 
And and she's like, no way. I said, yeah. She goes, I don't believe you. So, so she sits down, of course. Oh, are we doing free parking? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? Like, do do we have to actually auction off the Monopoly cards? If you know, are we playing by the rules? Or are we playing by our own rules? And so you write down a list of the rules that you're going to play. I'm used to doing that because I would play Monopoly with seven different families, and we all had a favorite freebie rule. Yeah. yeah. And she threw she threw her money down, and she said, "I'm out. I can't handle this." <laughs> You know, and so I think Monopoly is a game I haven't played it in so long because it takes so long. It's a fun game, but it, who wants to start a three-hour game? Is is yes? Yeah, see, see, with me, I'm like uh, whatever. Are I'll you a settlers it. of Catan friend? It's funny that you asked that because that game. So I had a friend in college who was like, "This is the greatest game ever." And I've looked at it at Christmas time to buy two years in a row. And my wife's like, we don't know anything about this game. Why are we going to buy that? And I'm like, I just hear it's good. Well, she's never let me buy it. And then, so I've started to ask uh, everyone that likes to play games. What do you, and they're all like, Catan is amazing. Catan is amazing. So we have a friend, um, they just moved here and they were, um, they moved here from California and they were waiting for the rest of their stuff to come. And one of that, one of the things is that game, right. but now the stuff is all in a storage unit. So we don't, we haven't got to play yet. So soon we'll, we'll get to play and I'll get to find yeah. out what all the hype the, is. The first time I have to admit the first time is not fun because okay. there's a lot of stuff to learn, right? Yeah. So you, you got to give it, you got to give it half a dozen games and then okay. you get into the bargaining and the, the different stuff. And it's, it, yeah, it's great. My kids, um, I, I've always been a big gamer. I played Magic the Gathering. I actually ran Magic the Gathering tournaments, which is a trading card game um, invented back in the uh, early 90s. And uh, loved that. And then my kids grew up. We did Pokemon tournaments and played the Pokemon huh? card game. And and then we've always played board games. So anyway, so I just love games, but it's hard with a, with an only child to put them in amongst a big board game battle uh, if they haven't grown up in that. It's just yeah. fun watching people. Anyway, so folks, we went off on a tangent there and I used <laughs> up a lot of Joe's time, but uh, Joe's a great guy with Bank of England Mortgage. And definitely if you're looking for a mortgage, you want to reach out to him because he can educate you. And he's not... Um, What's the word? He's not jaded by the industry, right? You haven't lived through a lot of the garbage that other people have had to live through in the mortgage industry. So you still enjoy finding those little uh, niche, niche, niche or niche. I don't know whichever you I would say niche. Yeah. So. That, but that, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to throw it over to you, actually. Yeah. I just, um, for me, I, honestly, I, I might, I'm, you know, I might even still be too naive to the business, but I, I love what I do. Um, it's like I was talking about earlier, building houses. That's kind of what I grew up in and that's all I ever knew. Well, um, doesn't that give you a good perspective though? Well, that's kind of the thing is that I think that almost I, at times I have an upper hand because I kind of understand the process of a house being built a little bit more. I've, I've just, for 27 years, I've lived in the housing industry um and when i even when i went off to college i was in a, a finance degree that was a concentration on real estate and i'm sitting there and i'm taking a class class on mortgages and i had no idea that i was going to be doing mortgages you know five right. years from then but i i can remember sitting there going you know if i decide i don't want to build houses i might be able to do this like 
real estate banking thing. Like I didn't even know what it was. Right. So, um, but it's, it's been fun because being able to have the conversation with realtors and, and I, I knew the lingo and the verbiage right off the bat. And I'm able to, one of my favorite things is when a realtor calls and they say, Hey, we just got this inspection report and I don't know what this is. Can you look at it for me? And I can say, yeah, send it over. Sometimes I know exactly what it is. Sometimes I have to say, let me call the guy that I used to use for HVAC. He'll take a look at this and tell me what we need to do. So it's, it's, you know, just, and those are people that I've known for 20 years because being how my dad was in uh, the housing industry around here, I've, I've been around all those people since I was five. They call me little Joe. So my whole life, my dad's name is Joe. He's big Joe. I'm little Joe. And, um, and so I've known all these tradesmen for, you know, since I could walk. And so now I can, you know, call up and say, Hey, it's Joe. I got a quick question for you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Can you help me? I have a customer that's in need. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's no more than a friend asking for a friend's help. So it's, it's been fun in that way because just, and I'm still, I still get to be in the industry just on a different side of it. Right. And that's, that's probably another whole podcast, but it'd be interesting to find out what your family's reaction was when you decided you were going to leave the construction industry. I see you're already <laughs> laughing. There, so uh, it's, so uh, I, it, we could talk for hours on that. It's, it's uh <laughs> it was hard for sure. A hundred percent. It was real hard. Uh, my brother's in the business, my mom's in the business. Um, but I think for me, it was one of those things, as I was just saying that I was always little Joe, I grew up in a big family um, we were all athletes. When I went to middle school, I was so, in, I was David DeFada's little brother, Sarah DeFada's little brother, Catherine DeFada's little brother. I went to high school and I was the same thing. My, um, my high school football coach, I think I kicked a field goal, like a, a, a winning field goal or something. I don't remember what it was, but they asked my coach about me right after the game. And he referred to me as little Joe, because again, I had known him since I was six or seven years old, right. called me the next day. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I called you little Joe in the paper. They printed that. And I'm like, it's okay. I don't care, you know, whatever. And, um, and then I went off to college and I played college football and I was at MTSU and um, I was, I had the same head coach that my brother did. And I was still David Defada's little brother. And when I left, I, I told my brother, I said, you know, I've loved being your brother for the last 25 years, but I've, I've always been David Defada's little brother. I want to go be Joe. I'm going to go be Joe and I'm going to figure this thing out on my own. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, you know what? you like, I'm, I'm standing right behind you. I hope you do well. I hope you, you know, flourish and you're successful because I think for him, he kind of saw a change in me saying it's time for me to grow up time for me to, you know, I've been, I got married. I was buying my own house. It's time for me to go take that next step in life and really basically become a man. So it's, it was, it was definitely hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to leave a family business, um, but it, it's been really good at the same time. Right. Okay. So yeah. as we wrap up, I've got, uh, give me three points on these two things. Um, number one, I want your top three tips for somebody uh, maybe looking to get a mortgage. Okay. First thing, don't be afraid to reach out to a mortgage person. Second thing, get your money in the right account. Don't be moving money all around. That That is not that it will kill the deal, but it makes it much more tougher. So let's take that money you're going to use for your down payment and your closing costs. Let's put it in an account over here and let's not touch it. Um, the second thing is um, 
just be prepared for uh for anything to happen it, the business is changing every day we get new guidelines daily sometimes they're better for us sometimes they're worse so it there's just be prepared it's you know we're going to do our best to educate you but things are changing constantly in this market okay and then would you would you uh, we'll get a bonus tip in here would you also recommend that uh they reach out and get pre-approved before they find their house a hundred percent. Yes. So if you go to a real estate agent first, probably the first thing they're going to ask you is, are you pre-approved? And if you're not, they're going to refer you to a mortgage person. If, if it, do, it doesn't matter if you go to the mortgage person first or the real estate agent, but we definitely want to handle the pre-approval process before you start shopping, because you may think that you're going to buy a $700,000 house and you're shopping in that range. But in reality, maybe you're buying a $500,000 house or it could be it could be swapped. You may think you can only afford a $500,000 house and you actually can afford that $700,000 house. So you, you definitely want to get that process done first. OK, good points. OK, and then to end up the show, what we like to do is we like to do three hidden gems around the Nashville market. Three things that you like to do, whether it be food, entertainment, walking, hiking, whatever it is, swimming, I don't care, kayaking. What are, what are a couple of hidden gems that uh, people may not be familiar with? Okay, so I don't know that any three of these are even hidden, but these okay. are three of my favorite things. Okay. The first one is Puckett's um, Grocery in downtown Franklin. So it, if you're not familiar with Puckett's, it's a, a little country... Um, they have breakfast and lunch. They might even serve dinner, but they also have a little small grocery store. Um, they used to have another location in Leapers Fork that's recently been sold and it has a new name now, but it's it's great service. It's right off of the square um, in downtown Franklin. Uh, my dad and I go there every week and have breakfast together. Um, just, you, you know, it's your typical breakfast place, but the service is awesome. Pam, the uh, server takes care of us every week. So that's my first one. My second one is Radnor Lake. If you haven't been to Radnor Lake, it's a beautiful, it's not really a lake, but it's not really a pond either, but it's beautiful. It's big enough that you can um, hike and, and probably if you walk around the whole thing, maybe an hour, hour and a half hike, there's different trails you can do. And that's where I proposed to my wife there. So that that's the place we is like. Is there to go. a rock or a tree to commemorate that? No, it's that's another probably another podcast. But <laughs> I went there with my sister the day before. We found a spot. My sister put hid in the bushes. I kind of like timed up when I needed to start talking, and then what I realized is I didn't prepare nearly enough to say. So I kind of started repeating myself <laughs> until we got to the spot, and I'm like, okay, here it is. And my sister hopped out of the bushes and got the pictures, and everything was great. And then awesome. the last one, uh, this is one of my absolute favorite things, is if you haven't been to a Nashville Predators game, you have to go to a Nashville Predators game. Um, the fan experience there is awesome. I take uh, – it doesn't matter if you're a girl or you're a guy. If you know anything about hockey, you will have a good time. Um, when I was in college at MTSU, I would, I would just buy tickets in the morning and just tell my friends, like, hey, we're going. The tickets were $10 at the time, and they, they didn't know anything about – hockey at all it could be country boys from east tennessee or some guys from atlanta and none of them knew anything about hockey we would walk in and when we were leaving they would look at me and say when are we coming back 
So if you, you don't have to know anything about it, you don't have to know the rules. You just go and, and be ready to have a good time. And the energy in the building is awesome. It's like SEC football. So, um, so yeah, those are my three hidden gems. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Joe. Joe, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Uh, so they can uh, call or text me at 615-491-5825 or find me on Facebook, just Joe Defada. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but probably those are probably the best ways. Um, and then other than that, just reach out to Ed. Maybe he can pass along my information as well. There you go. And they can yeah. also Google uh, Joe Defada uh, yeah. Bank of England Mortgage too. Or just if they don't even know how to spell your last name, they could just do Joe Bank of England Mortgage and it brings you up actually on the website and stuff as well. So, hey, thanks a lot for being on the show. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, great. This is the Nashville 2 Podcast with your host, Edward Fox.